Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, the 22nd of September, 2020. Now, I have never been a big fan of horror movies. I'm just not really into something that its sole purpose is to frighten me or scare me. And also because really when you get into some of the that stuff that gets put out there, I mean, I think it's really just uh, demonic and gets just downright wicked. Uh, but some of the things that it's just all it is is about trying to scare people. Um, I've just never really been into that as far as what I want to be entertained by. Well, today we get to a passage in scripture that I'll admit is a frightening passage. But what is the purpose of this passage? Is it just to scare people or, or is it something else? And, and how should we feel in response to this passage? And I'm talking about our reading today from Hebrews, Hebrews chapter six, uh, verses one through 12 today. And, and it becomes a, a frightening passage when it talks about what it says in verse four. It says, for it is impossible In the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance. Since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. So there, that is a, a frightening passage. And some people, when they see, whoa, it's impossible to see these people get restored again. The frightening part becomes, at least in my experience, when I've talked to people who are saying, oh, is this talking about me? And I want to start by clearing up what this passage is not saying, because I think it's worth putting out there, because there might be some of you listening to this that you've had this thought before. But some people read this passage to think that somehow they can end up in this life on the outside with no chance of getting on the inside, so to speak, of of salvation, of the kingdom of God, uh, even though they want to, right? That they're worried that I'm going to screw up some way and then I'm going to be out. And even though I'm really sorry and I want back in, I want to uh, trust Christ, then I'm I'm done. I, I'm done forever. And, and what if I've done that, right? I've had that conversation with people in life and in ministry. And I just want to say that that's not what the passage is saying. Remember what we saw as we, we've been going through the gospel of John in John chapter six, where Jesus says, hey, who, the person who comes to me, I am not going to cast out. The Bible never teaches that genuine repentance and faith will be turned away by God. There is nothing that we can do um, that God would then say, well, even if you genuinely respond in repentance and faith, well, that that's too much for me. No, there is no sin that the grace of God cannot forgive. And, and some people, uh, they get afraid though, like I'm, I'm following Christ, but then I, I, I messed up. Does, does that mean it, I, it's over for me and I don't have any more chances? No, that's not the point of this passage. Well, what is it talking about? Well, again, He's talking to people who have 
made a move to follow Christ, but now are being tempted to withdraw and to fall back. And he's making the point here throughout Hebrews, we've already seen several times he makes very serious warnings. And that's what this is here. It's another very serious warning. And he is saying, no, don't, don't draw back. And he's saying there's a danger because those that have really come in and tasted and then they walk away. um, And he does give the point, you know, he's saying things like it is impossible for them. But what is it impossible for them to do? And if you notice, it says that it is impossible to restore them again to repentance. So that's what it's talking about. And ultimately, this is consistent with what we've seen in Hebrews chapter 3, when he talks, warns them about hardening their hearts. So the danger is not, oh no, I'm going to get locked out and God won't forgive me anymore. No, that's not the danger. The danger is the hardness of our own heart, that if I taste the goodness of Christ and walk away from it, my heart is going to get so hard that I will not repent. See what I'm saying there? Just to try to sum it up again, some people are worried, oh no, well, will I do something so bad that then if I seek to go to God and and confess that and repent of that, that God won't then forgive me for that, that I'll have blown my chance. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. What it is teaching is that when we taste the goodness of God and we make moves to follow Jesus and then we eh, see that all and we walk away and we throw it away, the danger is we're not going to come back and ask God for forgiveness and truly repent of that sin. See, what he's saying is it's impossible to restore them again to repentance. He's not saying forgiveness is impossible. He's not saying that God won't uh, be gracious anymore. He's saying, no, that is when we harden our hearts. And that is a dangerous place to be. So that's the warning of this text. It's not just meant to, to frighten people. It's meant to be a warning saying, Don't walk away from God because the danger is your heart will be so hard, you're not coming back. But there is encouragement there when he talks to them. Again, his his point is not to horrify them, it's to encourage them. In verse 9, he says, Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name and serving the saints as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So the point is not, hey guys, get really scared because you might get locked out. It's guys, keep going because Jesus is better. Endure, trust him, keep following him. Don't turn away. That's the point there of Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 12. And I'm excited tomorrow, then we'll see there's the charge on our end to endure and be faithful to God. Tomorrow, we're going to see very beautifully how God promises to be faithful to us. So that is meant to encourage us. Another passage that we see today that's potentially frightening is Luke 21, 25 through 33. And again, when we look at these passages about the end times, sometimes there's some frightening stuff. It's like, whoa, crazy stuff's going to happen. And it 
can tend to get us to wonder and start to think and ask questions and, and really to some people to get scared. But again, that's not the purpose of these passages. And I want to point that out even in Luke today, when he is talking about this um, in verse 28, when he's talking about the coming of the son of man. Now, when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Wow. What he's saying is, hey, when when things get really bad in the world, we need to straighten up because that means Jesus is coming back soon and that should be encouraging to us. And I think here he's talking specifically at the very end. Uh, And I think even uh, talking about the the time of tribulation and, and all that that is coming in the future. But again, the point is, no, our redemption is drawing near. The end times shouldn't be something that fills the believer with fear. It should be something that fills the believer with hope. And if whatever we believe about the end times fills us with more fear than hope, we got to ask some questions about how we're interpreting scripture. But when we think about the fact that Christ is coming soon, or even to think, well, before that happens, there's going to be some scary things that happen in the world. You know, it's time of tribulation, which I believe they're, they're the rapture is, is coming and God is going to take the church to be with him in heaven. But, but however we're thinking about it, as we see the world getting worse, lift up your heads, straighten up because our redemption is near. Jesus is coming back. It's going to be soon. And that is a good thing. So I hope that's another thing that encourages us today from God's word. And speaking of the end and speaking of the apocalypse, we kind of start getting into some of that in the book of Isaiah. Many uh, scholars will note as you get into chapter 24, and today we read chapters 21 through 24, uh, especially chapter 24 to 27, they'll kind of talk about that as an apocalypse or Isaiah's apocalypse. And the language gets broader and we'll see some interesting things in there. But first in chapter 22, we see God, he's been going through several nations, but he comes back to Jerusalem. And we see, we hear that quote later in the New Testament, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. And he's listing that there as a, as a time of, as a way of rebuke to the people of Jerusalem. In chapter 22, verse 12, he says, in that day, the Lord God of hosts called for weeping and mourning for baldness and wearing sackcloth and behold, joy, gladness, killing oxen and slaughtering sheep, eating flesh and drinking wine. Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. The Lord of hosts has revealed himself in my ears. Surely this iniquity will not be atoned for until you die, says the Lord of hosts. And here we see a serious rebuke to the people of Jerusalem, even saying, man, you guys are having a party when you should be mourning over sin and repenting of sin. And we, we should be warned by that even today as believers, we should be reminded it is not all about this life and being comfortable in this life and having fun in this life. Although there's room for that, as we saw in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's things we should enjoy, even our work. But even that, that that says something about our mindset. We should be focused on the work that God has given us to do. And remember what Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They're the ones that are going to be satisfied and comforted and inherit the kingdom of God. So that was one thing that jumped out to me from uh, chapter 22. But then when you get into chapter 24, you're going to see more uh, of this apocalyptic language. And and we're really going to see something, some really exciting things tomorrow as we get into chapters 25 and 26. Uh, Finally, as we get to 
Psalm 109, and we see that today. It's a psalm where clearly David, he is crying out for help, and he feels that people are mistreating him. And he says in verse 3, we're reading verses 1 through 10 today, they encircle me with words of hate and attack me without cause. In return for my love, they accuse me, but I give myself to prayer. And then he goes on to, to bring up his requests to God about those that are persecuting him. And a good reminder for us that when we feel there is being injustice or wrong things done against us, we have someone that we can turn to and pour our hearts out to in God, our heavenly father. So I hope those are some encouraging things as we dig into God's word together today, that we can be encouraged and that we would press on to know Christ and that we would wait with eagerness for the day when he will return. And no matter what's going on in the world, that we would, our, our ears would perk up, that, that our redemption is drawing closer. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.